0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, a TMOF wrestling podcast. We are here today to review WWE Survivor Series 2022, it is in the books. So without further ado, around the mic tonight.
1: It's me, Ash.
0: And I am Russ. Ash, we've just had uh, Survivor Series 2022.
1: Oh no we haven't, we had Survivor Series War Games! War
0: Games, yes, the first... Uh, War Games on the main WWE product. This is the 36th annual Survivor Series. It's the first one ever held on a Saturday and the second one to ever be held on a day that wasn't a
1: Sunday. Yeah, because Survivor Series used to be Thanksgiving Day. Yes. And War
0: Games, of course, we've done an episode on War Games previously. Uh, The history of War Games was introduced in 1987 by Dusty Rhodes for Jim Crockett Promotions. And that would become a staple of WCW. Um, which is why I think it works so well with this one but we will go into it and give you the rundown and our review for each of the matches of Survivor Series 2022 Ash, the uh, event itself it's a Saturday, November 26th was held from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts this is the fourth time Survivor Series has taken place from Boston
1: yeah, uh, let's see, 93 93, 2008? Uh, yeah, and 2013 in 2013 so 93 was the that's the original original one 2000 uh, 93 would have been lex lugo and his american team against yoko Zino and the Final fanatics i think they were called mm. um 2008 was john cena and i think chris Jericho for main eventing
0: yeah
1: but i can't tell you any those matches 2013 was that orton and big show
0: I can't remember thirteen so much. I feel like thirteen would have been around the time where we was doing the whole Brian well Daniel Bryan thing Because
1: and... I think that might have been the Shield versus Brian At- was it Shield versus Brian and Punk or was it the mm, Wyatt's
0: versus That could have been Wyatt's. It was one of the two anyway. Could have been the Wyatt's, yeah. Well, for the longest time of course Survivor series now has been about brand warfare. So cue the Rolling of the Eyes. Yeah, that's uh, what I was
1: doing by that. <laughs>
0: But not anymore. Not for this year, at least. So now we are in Triple H's era. This is the first Survivor Series under Triple H. I've got to be honest. This felt like a. It, it felt like one of the big four. Yeah, Finally. it did.
1: It did for like. What, what would you say was probably the last time it felt like Survivor Series was a big deal? I think Sting's debut. Probably.
0: Because it had because the. Cause that it had was the, a really good match as well. Yeah, it had the event.
1: Authority. Getting dropped. Well, yeah, a week or two. But, um,
0: <laughs> but again, the emphasis was on the story of what was going on at the time. And although I am far from the biggest fan of the authority storyline, um, there was it was still about the story. Mm. And then you know, Ziggler came across really well in that match as well because yeah, he was a
1: three and one kind of. like how we talked yeah. about Survivor so Series two thousand three and and I'm sure Michaels looked great three and one. It was the opposite way because he actually won the match for him and his team. So.
0: Sure. Of course, because of the debut of Sting, though, on that one.
1: It's Sting!
0: <laughs> but this has been um, touted now, this is the highest grossing uh, Survivor Series ever, apparently. Yeah. And um, we talked on the previous episode where we'd re- done a retro v- review for um, WWE Survivor Series 2003, which was voted by the good folks on Twitter. Uh, that was the second highest, at least at the time, because the the highest... At, uh, up until that point was the um uh ninety eight. And then obviously I think there probably would have been some more from two thousand three, but this is now apparently topped all of them. But I don't right. know what the official numbers are yet. Yeah, I don't think they've been released as of yet. I mean we're you know, we're only a few days removed from, from yeah, the Yeah, it takes, event.
1: it does take a while.
0: Same as the attendance record, so if it's not set in stone. WWE have announced it as fifteen thousand six hundred and nine. Of course, You know, it's up for debate because it's never sort of...
1: (laughs) Yeah, like in Qatar, it's not what it says it was.
0: Yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, We should probably go into the show itself then without, you know, any hesitation. So, of course, the announce team for the night is Michael Cole and Corey Graves. As we said before, they now announce every premium live event, regardless of, you know, who's on it and whatnot. So they open the the show, stood next to the cage, and they give us the the rundown of the war games. Uh, well, I say the, the war games rules, but they didn't really they didn't really go through the rules. No, so they, much. Just
1: said, they just said his rules, and they just show it as.
0: And they they come up on the screen. They they do give us a bit of a history. So they obviously uh, say about Dusty Rhodes is the guy that invented it, and yeah. you know, Jim Crockett promotions, everything else. But yeah, we we start the show with the women's war games match. So who did we have in this one?
1: So. Uh, Team Bella had Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch, who returned on the SmackDown before the show. From a shot, it was a separated shoulder she had, wasn't it? Yeah, that, from, from the SummerSlam. injury from SummerSlam. And then on Team Damage Control or Team Bailey, whatever you want to call it, with Bailey, Io, uh, Sky, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross, and Bri Ripley. Mommy. <laughs> Uh, yeah let's just um, try not to talk about rear Ripley like, no uh, let's talk about rear Ripley it's, it's, uh, it's easy to do I'll, it, I'll give you that
0: I've got you know <laughs> the thirst for rear Ripley is on another level and I'm I, I'm there
1: I, I find it funny that she said in an interview with I think it might be New York Post or whatever because they mentioned that she had an interview with like um New, some New York thing that, yeah that she is this era's China and I don't disagree um in yeah. the same way that everyone's like, uh, like so, I
0: say, like I see those comparisons with her and, and Dominic, so it makes it easier yeah. to call on that, doesn't it? But yeah, Rhea's really—I mean, Ria's a real special talent. Like she's, she's great. Yeah. And but when she's on screen for obviously a multitude of reasons like you just she's the eyes get drawn to Rhea
1: when she's doing the pull-ups on the cage yeah she's inside the cage before. she's doing
0: it, it during the match at one point as well. well we'll go through sort of in order but yeah you can see her in the background at one point during the match before she's come out yet and she's doing more pull-ups in there and that's what my eye was on like Rhea just commands the screen when she's on it yeah. and she's you know she's such a presence Um I, yeah I think she's amazing she's great no. Um, the ring announcer for this one was Alicia. What's her name? Alicia, Alicia Taylor,
1: but she only did the the women's war games,
0: which is a shame because honestly, Alicia Taylor, I, I'm, I'm going to go out there right now. I think she is the best ring announcer in professional wrestling right now. I
1: want to say she's in a, a rock band because because uh, I think she's definitely a singer. By the way, she does like says the word. She's got
0: that grit, hasn't yeah. she? When she announces, like she's it, she's got that grit there, and she is great. I, I, honestly, I rate her so so much. I genuinely do. I, I'll hold to that. I think she is the best in the business right now. And I don't know how long she's been doing it for. I don't feel like it's very long at all. But she has come soaring in. But yeah, the Women's War Games match. Uh, this has been set up again. We're not doing a SmackDown versus Raw setup. We're doing um, storyline based, really. So yeah. we've had a few months of, of history now between uh, Bailey, Damage Control, and Bianca Belair, who, of course, is the Raw Women's Champion. Bailey returned at SummerSlam back in August. And brought along with her Eo Sky Mm -hmm. and Dakota Kai, and obviously they've all formed Damage Control, and they've been a bit of a thorn in Bailey uh, in Bianca Belair's side ever since. So Bailey, of course, found kindred kindred spirits in Alexa Bliss and Oscar, and the sort of story up until this point has been really mainly between the the six of them. Of course, Dakota Kai and Eo Sky have you know they won the women's tag titles and they lost them to Oscar and Bliss, and then they won them back. from the Extreme Rules because we had something sort of going on with the Bray um, stuff going on there as well. And obviously, Nikki Cross is where she enters the fold at this point. She, of course, has a history with Alexa Bliss. She's recently undergone a heel turn, abandoned the Nikki Ash stuff. And she's kind of like now like a... I don't want to say she's gone back to like that version like she was in Sanity, has she? Because she's still kind of dressing in well, the sort of Nicky Ash stuff yeah, like minus I've, the mask but like it felt darker weird and that she's
1: got the cape in the beginning
0: I like it it's like a hybrid of it you know we we're, we're not just completely abandoning things that took place just because now you know we've got a new head of creative at the helm you know we we're, we're trying to make it as logical as possible and you know I appreciate that I appreciate the logical um the logical presentation that we're getting on TV now with WWE, and it doesn't always hit the mark, granted, but um, the, you're
1: never going to, are you? No, because um, speaking about missing the mark, when she tried to throw the 24-7 title in the bin and missed. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and, we get, and there's more of that later to, to oh, come yeah. as well. But, um, you know, so that makes sense, having her in there. And they wanted, you know, Rhea Ripley. Gives her something to do as well, basically, because, uh, you know, she's now the muscle for the team. And, of course, then on the other side, you know, they with Rhea Ripley's introduction to the women's team there of course Mia Yim has recently very recently been brought back as the difference maker you know for the OC yeah to kind of counter the the rear problem or the Ripley problem whatever it is they're calling it
1: You're better saying it the, the Ripley problem if the here. rear
0: problem yeah <laughs> I have rear problems uh you know so that makes sense but Mia Yim me chin my chin whose chin I don't know Someone's chin, whatever you want to call her. They've sort of. I guess it's, she's kind of both. Well, it's
1: Korean for crazy, but
0: it's and it's kind of crazy that we don't know what to call her still. But I think she's. Everyone,
1: everyone thought it was her actual name. Yeah, be, I know. That. It's just a
0: prefix. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah. It makes absolutely sense. But um, you know, so she's in there, and then of course Becky Lynch returns on Friday, as you said. So that is the match. Those are the reasons why everybody's fighting. The two to start this one off. Bianca, really good move having Bianca Belair in there first, wasn't it? Yeah. Raw Women's Champion, captain of the team, leading by example. Um, for the Babyface team, of course. And the heels have the advantage in this one. So um, she's in there with Dakota Kai.
1: I like the fact they mentioned when she turned on her team and beat up Team Knox. Yeah. But she never officially was in that match. But I keep saying she's been in, like, four. But she was never in that match.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... This, I mean, regardless, because this is the first war games match on mainstream WWE yeah. TV, anyway, and it's and it is the women's one. So that that in itself is is history making. But I I, st- I appreciate the fact that they went back to NXT stuff and and they made that you know prevalent to, to what's going on here because you can't just do war games on the main roster and not acknowledge NXT. No, it's, that's just impossible to do. It, well, it, it would it would do a disservice, really. Um, but no, it's, it's, that's how we start things off. Um, we'll break everything down, move by moving this because, of course, War Games matches are quite long. This one yeah. clocks in at around forty min- odd it's minutes. Thirty-nine
1: minutes, and it's longer than the men's.
0: Yeah. yeah. So this is the longest one of the night. Now, in terms of how these things go, do you want to go through what was the order that people came out in? So obviously no, we had I'm those. To,
1: I, have to, I have to remember this. Dakota
0: cause... was followed by um, EO, Eo Sky. Then... So we get the two-on-one beat down from the heels for a bit. Then, then we get. I think Oscar comes out, I think we get Nikki.
1: Nikki we came in next.
0: Now when Nikki comes in, she try, she's the first one to pick out weapons. So yeah. when Nikki's coming in, and remember obviously the match doesn't officially begin until everybody's in the ring, right? So um but Nikki comes out, goes under the ring, she pulls out the trash can lid, she's got trash cans, has a bit of trouble getting him in.
1: No, that's Mia that did that.
0: Oh, is it Mia having trouble getting him in? There you go. But she she weapons are going in there. And they do play a big part in this match. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, Nikki's in, and then we get Alexa, Alexa, who
1: who who runs into the ca- the camera cable.
0: Well, she threw it over us. So you yeah, know that was that was a funny little moment. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, then of course Bailey is it Bailey? Bailey. Oh, Mummy Rhea's in last, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Mummy. Um, then Mia. Then Mia. So there, there you go. I can't remember the order.
1: I've got a feeling we got that right, but probably goes when Bailey
0: comes in she's the one that gets the ladders out so she brings like two ladders in there and they they harken back on commentary as like oh it's the The
1: ladder match they did extreme extreme rules weren't it
0: yeah
1: I swear there was two ladders only one got used
0: Uh, the only one I could remember was the one someone went through it yeah I think
1: Mia put um, no Rhea put Mia Mia through it yeah Mia Rhea,
0: my chin Rip chin is
1: that a thing well, I just want to get the Kota Kai and EO Sky right because Bailey <laughs> didn't do it, did she? Oh man,
0: it is funny. EO Sky. We should probably talk about EO Sky from this match. They brought um, back. They
1: did the um, Asuka when EO was tag partners in Japan again.
0: Yeah, they've acknowledged that. I mean, more for EO uh, Sky's. Uh, she had an unfortunate few spots here.
1: Really, uh, there was, the, was that was that, that was my big problem with the match. Was a few blown, but that, that, that sometimes they make that much of a difference. It happens. It's always going to happen. But when she does, I think she tries to do the um, headstand on the on a yeah. drop kick, and she just keeps falling.
0: It's the fact that it was twice. That's what makes it yeah. so noticeable. Like she, the first one doesn't go her way, and then she tries it again. Um, just trying to work out really what was what was going on because it was like when she went for it again the second time. I don't know if the plan was meant to be that she was meant to be like trying like handstand like her her feet like actually on the cage. So she could like push off of the cage and go into like more momentum. It was meant to be, a double, was, be a, it it was, was...
1: a double team move with Dakota, but it yeah. just didn't work out right.
0: It looked a bit yeah, it looked it looked a bit off, obviously. Um there was a couple of moments where Eo just sort of seemed um to lose her footing a little bit as well. Yeah. But it made it all the more um <laughs> scary when she goes up to the top of the cage. To do that, you know the, the moon, moon salt. the moonsault that she does, and Io Sky's moonsault. If you've ever seen that, is um, it's it's one of those ones where she doesn't. Obviously, she she rotates the whole way, but she seems to come down really like a lot quicker because she doesn't like a lot of people when you see a moonsault, they do most of the rotation like when they're still quite high up when they've got yeah. the the altitude on it. Whereas Eo sort of drops and rotates as she's dropping, so like there's a good there's a lot of room for error to just land on your head. It
1: can't because of a height, can it?
0: No, I just think it's just the way it is. But obviously, you're also not going to, when you're already on the cage, you obviously you're not going to, you know, jump up further into the air and add more height to it because you don't need to. The, but it's it, it's just, it's the visual of it. It's it's a scary looking one, but yeah, it, Nikki, it worked really well Nikki and I really did like it.
1: Like five minutes before that, she jumped off the cat top.
0: Yeah, those are the two big, they're the only big spots we actually get from the cage. Well, the,
1: fin- the finish had a, was another one.
0: Um,. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. So <laughs> the only three but spots, they're, they're, there, they're, but they're all in the women's match.
1: But I did like, I did like the leg drop that Becky did off the like the middle rope to EO with the trash can. But yeah, and then you have the the poison mist, poison mist.
0: Yeah, from Oscar to Rhea is in this one. There's a lot going on in this match, so it's diff- it, That's what I mean. It's like it's a long affair as it is, um, and we really could be here all day just talking about this one. So uh, realistically. The best way to probably describe this, would you say, was just it was kind of like it was a car wreck, but not like not in a bad way, but it was just it was mayhem, wasn't it? The whole way through, yeah,
1: but friends, uh, frantic but controlled, worked with some sloppy moments in between, yeah, but you can't you can't help that,
0: still enjoyable though. I did enjoy the match, um, because I will say, and this is probably the point in the show where I need to really, really address something important. And I mean, this really is important. Okay. Um, for a long time now, I've been engaged in my own sort of war uh, with, a, with a member of, of TMOF Wrestling. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> um, so uh, the story... Hey, sto- Jay, Jay's not that bad. <laughs> the story, really, I mean, it's a predictions thing. Okay. And it dates way back. It dates way back before we even ever did a podcast. So Ash, you and I have been doing predictions and and betting on, yeah, you know, just w- with each other, but on on finishes to matches for what? A long time, ten years? Yeah. Probably, probably longer than that. <laughs> probably longer than ten years. Um, you know, it gets kind of personal. It gets, you know, this this yeah, is I saw, real.
1: I saw you use my YouTube video on Twitter.
0: Yeah, but you know, when you've got the tools at your disposal, you got to use them. But yeah, you this- do know
1: you do know that was me doing a knockout in that video, right? I wasn't the one being knocked out.
0: No, that's what I mean. But that that the point of the, the video that I was shared on Twitter from from what you put up was that it was a guy getting battered and battered and battered, yeah. And it only took one shot, and that's all I needed was one shot, and that's I, what I got to tonight. To be fair, to be fair, I beat Ash in the predictions war for the first time. I want to say in two years. Probably it probably is the first time in two years. I think. And if I had if I had gone for Team Bianca. In this match, I would have had a clean sheet the whole show. So it is a shame. However, I will take great pride in the fact that I left you in the dust where you belong, you dusty little bitch. Uh, but no, th- this was—I uh, don't mind at all. Like it was, it, uh, this was one of those. It was difficult for me to kind of really have a prediction for this because it genuinely could have gone either way.
1: Well, the only reason I went for Bianca's team was because of the Becky Lynch return.
0: Mm. Which obviously factored into the the finish anyway.
1: Yeah, because I I think most people thought, oh, it's going to be Sasha or Naomi. Yeah, well, we'll come to Sasha
0: in a bit as well. But no, it makes makes complete sense. Um, But they do a good job during this one as well, where they kind of look at setting up maybe, you know, where does Bianca go from here? Because Bailey probably isn't going to get another shot now, or at least shouldn't get another shot now. No, I think that's the end. You know, at least for a while. Um, And and like like I said before, the logical solution now seems to be maybe Rhea. But we did that nice little tease between Rhea and Bianca. uh, Sorry, Rhea uh, Rhea and Becky Lynch.
1: And there was a bit... They tried teasing um, um, Bailey and Becky, but I don't think it went off well.
0: I enjoyed it. I looked at that, and the first thing I thought was, I'm pretty sure... In the whole time that the four horsewomen moved into the main roster, we've never had a main roster no, angle between they've, Becky they've, and they've, Bailey because they've, they've always been on the sides, same side yeah. of the fence. Yeah, So they've either been heel together
1: or they've been faced together. But they've always either been one on Raw or one on Smackdown. They don't think they've ever been on the same show.
0: No. So uh, do you know what? That, and that, that stat alone was kind of crazy. And I'm really up for it. And I think that would be a really cool thing to do. Like have them go off and do that. Um, and Rhea can move into the title picture I don't see why you couldn't do it and th- again I- I'm not going to bring other companies into it because again you've got to rate p- your things on their own merit Yeah. but um, WWE's women's division have always said it's its the strongest women di- women's division in the world um, it's had some peaks and troughs Like it- there was a point it was definitely stronger oh, definitely. than what it is now Um, but you know because of all of the releases and things like that that took place it's out of anybody's control but I still think that they have the the most depth within that women's division than than there is in any other women's division out there at least that I'm I'm aware of because within that match alone you cared about characters you cared about storyline developments and these like little nods and winks towards future setups you know yeah and and they don't need to be for the title like Bailey and, and Becky doesn't they don't need to feud over a title.
1: No, not really.
0: They could have a great feud, work a great angle without the title being on the line, and you would be invested in it because you know the wrestling's going to be good. You know that they're going to it's going to be entertaining, and that's what we watch it for. Yeah. So it's just you know I overall I enjoyed it. I would give this match a silver. Okay. It was entertaining. But when you think about how long it is, it's one of those that it might be one of those when when you watch it back again, you know, like in a year or where you know if you ever want to watch the show back again, it might be one of those where I'm a bit you, you sort of your mind gets occupied with other things until you get more towards the final moments of the match if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I was just looking up. Um, to see if Becky Lynch and Bailey have actually had matches. There was two. There's one at NXT. Yeah, and there was one on SmackDown in 2019. Be- be- to um, build up for the NXT the SmackDown and Raw one. But don't know how that finished. So.
0: But they never had, they've never they never worked an angle.
1: No, yeah, I don't think they've... Apart from, obviously, like, um, that Fatal 4-Way NXT with the, four horsewomen, like, five six years ago, whenever it was. That's what I mean, though. That's, like, main they've roster, never,
0: they've never worked an no. angle. It was all...
1: They've been in matches together, and obviously they've done rumbles and back yeah kind
0: of. But no, we'll, we'll see where it goes with it. But yeah, silver for, for this one from me.
1: Three, three, uh, three out of five for me.
0: Yeah, it was good. It is enjoyable.
1: 34, 39 minutes, 40 seconds it was. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long one.
0: Yes. It's a long one. But that is what you what you get with wall games. It's inevitable because of the time limit, the, the countdowns and things.
1: Yeah, but that's the advantage of having five matches.
0: Mm, exactly, yeah. Good show this was in terms of the, the length of time. Yeah. Only about three three hours and a quarter, I think. Yeah, shy of. Um, from there though we go into a backstage segment now these segments there were very few of them through the night which I e- liked yeah definitely but each one served a purpose yes and they were brilliant um, this one particular Ash what happened here
1: so it was um, Roman and Paul Heyman backstage in their dressing room talking to uh, Joe so about what he heard Sammy Zayn say to well what Sam so saying and Kevin Owens were talking to each other about on
0: Smackdown so and which was the Friday before so yeah, what happened before. in that segment
1: so Kevin Owens was like if I get this if, if I got this right cause I, I barely I barely saw what happened but it was just like Kevin Owens like talking about Sam about they're going to turn on you as so it's best that you turn on them before they beat you up and you got Jay listening outside um in a and, nutshell, um, that is what was said. Yeah. It's basically and, Kevin telling and, him to turn on him before they turn on him. Jay goes up to Sammy going, who are you talking to? Oh, nobody.
0: Yeah, which planted those seeds mm. of like, oh, God. Because we're going into this show and the big question is, will the bloodline turn on Sammy Zayn, mm-hmm. Or is Sammy Zayn going to turn on the bloodline? Yeah. And I didn't think it was going to happen.
1: Um, either
0: way in this one but they're still planting the seeds and and that's why I love these segments that they do because Jay is saying look he lied to me and Roman effectively says to Jay look I'll tell you what I'm going to do you worry about you Mm -hmm. and what you need to do tonight and I'll talk to Sammy and I'll look in his eyes and if he's lying I'll know and so I let the the segment ends when he's like he tells Paul to, to call Sammy and Paul
1: you know, call sammy zane
0: call sammy zane to his phone and then that's the end of it and that's all it needed to be but these are those those kind of you know atypical roman things where it's like he's sat in the chair he's looking he again presence. it's yes. his presence on screen and he, he looks he like have a to, big it, deal because
1: he doesn't have to do a lot he just has to sit there and just say a few words and it's done and it's yeah and
0: that works that works better than if he's animated, getting angry, getting, you know, it works. Mm. From there, of course, though, we go into our second match of the night. Uh, tough to follow the war games just because of how A, long it was, how much there was going on in there. There was so much action and everything like that. But we go into our second match with two veterans of the business. So, yeah, I <laughs> I don't think it was an issue. for
1: 45-year-old AJ Styles versus 41-year-old Finn but And isn't that mad? It's mad that Finn Balor's 41, because you look at him and go, nah, he's mid-30s, isn't he? It's is crazy.
0: But yeah, this is again a further development into the OC versus the Judgment Day. Um, we didn't get the, the ladies coming out as advertised.
1: Well, you wouldn't, because, they just, because they just
0: had their War Games match. But yeah, we did have Luke Gallows and Carl uh, um, so. Anderson with AJ Styles, and of course, Damian Priest and Dom shit Mysterio. I
1: don't like the fact they keep calling him Dom Mysterio when he's... He doesn't want to peep part of the Mysterio family. He should, they should fully go his Dominic Guerrero. I <laughs> They should. So I
0: I mean I like it. I, I liked I like that they're doing Dom anyway, because like yeah. Dom Mysterio is is kind of you know, just rolls better, doesn't it? But that I think this is always gonna be one of those things where we're we're always looking at maybe Ray's retirement being against Dominic and then Dom probably unmasking him and taking the mask for himself. I don't know whether or not he'll keep you know, wear one for himself, or I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? But mm. you know, in terms of the build with Dominic, at the, especially at the moment, and we'll come to the match between AJ and Finn there's a lot of history there. But
1: yeah.
0: for Dominic, you know, they did one of the best things he's done was uh, that video they did on Twitter for Thanksgiving.
1: Yes, I, I loved it, and you you, you get the comments going. Well, why is they why are they filming this, and why does Ray Mysterio have his mask on indoor in his own house?
0: No, that's just silly. People saying that, like, you've got to read the situation. If you watch the whole video, and this is the problem, sometimes people will look at a screenshot, or they'll just see little bits of it. Watch the full thing. Rhea and Dominic show up to the Mysterio household together. Obviously, cameraman's filming them, banging on the door, banging on the door. Dominic's mum opens the door, and she's like, Dominic, what are you doing here? Why have you brought cameras? Why have he brought cam- She says it there and then. Yeah. Then she closes the door to get Ray, and Ray is coming to the door, putting his mask on as he's getting to the door. That makes sense because he's just been told there's somebody with a camera at the door with his son and Rhea Ripley. Why would he not put a mask on if he knows there's a camera there? You know, you got to think logically about these yeah. things. It made sense. Although,
1: um, in the, during the beating, they pick up a um, a picture, and it's got a pi- they blurred out Ray's face. Yeah. <laughs> but I I, I think thought, thought it was brilliant because it oh it, could, it was so when they, good when they have it? this match at Mania because it's gonna it's gotta be Mania
0: it's got to be Mania
1: I can't I apparently kind of wishes they wouldn't touch again until Mania but you can't have your own way with this but the fact they beat up Ray who's already got an injured ankle and then just they batter it
0: yeah and Ray again because he's such a sympathetic baby face but you know the fact that like they there was little shots of his kids in the background like his younger kids. In the background, and he's, there, there he is getting beaten up at Thanksgiving.
1: Because I thought it was only Dom and Nalia, but if they got other kids, they know it's
0: was... Ah, uh, I, I like it. I really like where this is probably going to go. Um, but Dominic's a great kind of shit heel at the minute, like a yeah. chicken shit heel. He doesn't
1: heel. have to do once again. He doesn't have to do anything. He'll get yeah, heat.
0: Exactly, it works so well. But he and the rest of the Judgment Day and OC don't yeah. last too long in this match. They kind of get into their own brawl. Fairly early on, and can I just um, say one thing about fighting into the crowd? Well, don't one I? thing
1: about that brawl was because um, he interfere. Dominant interferes, right? And then he, um, I think, he walks past Gallows, who doesn't do anything, but Carlson <laughs> just gets involved first, even though he <laughs> just walks past Lee. Um, did you notice um, before the match? Uh, I think it was Finn's, Finn's entrance. They mentioned about he's a six-time IWPG. Junior Hero Champion, and they have mentioned Kashida.
0: Uh, I didn't catch that. No, because I was watching it with Daryl actually. Yeah. So a lot of the time, obviously, when you're talking as well, like we are missing a lot of the commentary. So. And,
1: and they you, mentioned Bullet Club. Yeah, they've mentioned, they mentioned Bullet Club before. Lot, I know.
0: And and to be honest, a lot of this this rivalry, like I said, you know, with the history between AJ and Finn, um, you know, Finn Balor was the first leader of Bullet Club. Yeah. With you know, he's there at the origins. It was
1: Carl. It was Carl Linton Was the the joint leader as well. yeah also and of
0: course when finn then did leave new japan to come over into nxt it was aj that took over styles that yeah it, it come from tna and went over to japan and he took over as the, the then they became kenny and their Bucks. yeah
1: but um one thing one thing i'd like to talk about is the entrances have both had masks and yeah I have, I have no idea how finn Balor can walk with that mask because where's their eye holes
0: well, they would have been in there because it's it. I think because it's similar to the one he had, at Extreme Rules, but obviously yeah. it didn't have the spikes on. The a spikes lot of people better. gave the 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 mask he wore at Extreme Rules a bit of shit.
1: I like the spikes one better.
0: I like the spikes one. I think the reason people didn't like it is because you could see where the eye hole bits were in it when you probably wasn't meant to. Yeah. But again, it doesn't really take me out of it. It's just a bloody mask at the end no. of the day. People that are getting genuinely really angry about it and the- need to probably reevaluate their situation. AJ
1: has worn that mask about three or four years ago in Japan. Yeah.
0: And the gas mask thing as well, which is kind of like what it was meant to be, is sort of a symbol of the OC anyway. Like even back from the previous run in WWE before they they were let go. But yeah, this match was, um, it is two professionals at the top of their game doing what they do best. You know, it was a slower sort of build at the early start of the match, which they tend to be yeah i like that i'll always like that it doesn't matter what anyone says it's logical the wrestling was logical everything that happened was logical they didn't have to do stupid over the top spots for everything no like you said they're both in their forties anyway yeah
1: and it's very different to their first match five years ago
0: yeah which of course was actually impromptu because of the meningitis outbreak at the time yeah you had it and that was a brilliant match but yeah this was again this was really really good super solid match um AJ one, which we both predicted that yeah.
1: one. Yeah, there was some spots I like. Bring back the um, doing the car crash and then smashing his under. Yeah, that was Not
0: nice. Not so as when Brock did it. That was done. Re- uh, that was really well. There was there was a point as well. I think Finn's kind of doing like a I can't remember exactly. He's doing like a float over type thing, and it almost almost topples, but they like they just it it's done in a way like they're able to like really save each other mm. um and save the spot and it still looks great and it, and if anything it looks more authentic when it's like that um you know but in terms of like some of the stuff they're doing it, it's it's that kind of typical match where you kind of like i said you get that slow build they'll hit certain moves and then it kind of amps up a bit towards the end but we didn't get anything like, you know, loads of false finishes or anything no, like that. No, that,
1: That's something I like because of, because of, like, the return of the Elite. You're going to get that in an AEW.
0: Exactly. So, And it really sets them apart. And that's nice to see. The match just finishes with the phenomenal forearm. Yeah. And to be honest, that is kind of probably all it needed to be. Did you know... There's a really good fact for that as well. Because H A probably needed this, as odd as that is to say... Mm. This was AJ Styles' first singles win on pay-per-view since Crown Jewel 2019. Yeah.
1: Do you remember who it was against? Humberto Carrillo.
0: Humberto Carrillo. Yeah. That's mad. And I barely even remember that.
1: So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest, to be honest.
0: But that's a mad stat, isn't it? That's three years. Cause it's been three years yeah. since he won a singles match on pay-per-view. <laughs> It's still, we're not at the end of this storyline, though, which I'm glad about. There's still a lot more they can do there. Um, but overall, a really solid match.
1: Very much solid.
0: i give this a gold.
1: I will, I will say 4.25.
0: Yeah. It's it's top tier. Two professionals doing what they do best. Um, after... I, hope, I
1: kind of hope we don't want to see, I don't want to wait five years for a rematch. I don't want to see it straight away, but I don't want to wait a long time again.
0: Yeah. But again, when you've got sort of teams like this they you, there's a lot of different variations you can do like Dominic getting a pinfall over AJ is a big deal yes and I know they've done that on Raw but you know we could get that on pay-per-view at some point but we'll have to see the next big pay-per-view for WWE main roster now is going to be the Royal Rumble yes and the Royal Rumble itself is going to have a lot of opportunity to tell to tell stories set up new stories all within the Rumble match itself so we'll have to see what happens with that
1: did you uh, also notice and this is one of those I'm surprised it didn't blow up on like Twitter and all that kind of thing, they showed Naomi in the promo package for Royal Rumble.
0: They did, yeah. And I'm surprised it's like,
1: oh, she's coming back, she's coming back, kind of like when they put her and Sasha Banks back in the um, Now, Then, Forever intro.
0: I think it's more likely than than not that we'll see both of them back in WWE at some point.
1: Royal Rumble... (laughs)
0: You <laughs> can always say the Rumble. Yeah. And we know what we're going to say about the Rumble, and that's going to be Steve Blackman. will be back, and he will win, and he will dethrone Roman Reigns as only the lethal... Don't shake your head. Nah, this is what's going to Kung happen.
1: Kung Fu is going to come back. He's never coming back. Well, yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> From there, though, what does make a big comeback? Although it's not really a comeback. It's an amazing song. But we get the... Uh, it, it did open the show, of course but they show a bit more of it here as well. But Ozzy Osbourne, War Pigs, they shot this sort of new music video for it, Um, which is amazing. Yeah. Really, really like it. But War Pigs itself, 1970, that yes. song came out. Daryl mentioned that to me, and then I looked it up and it's like, wow, 1970, War Pigs. It's 52 years old, and it's just had a new music video for Survivor Series. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, Ozzy looked pretty good from you know from the video. I know he's not in the best of health at the moment, but no,
1: but it, it kind of did what it needed to be done.
0: It's can it's I, brilliant, yeah. Can
1: I just bring up something that this is this is Wikipedia, so it might be bullshit. You know, <laughs> we talked about Alicia Taylor. Yeah, there's a kind of connection with Ozzy Osbourne. What's the connection? She has done backing vocals for Kelly Osbourne. Oh,
0: okay. Maybe next year we'll get uh, her we'll get gym. changes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Going through changes And the record of singing a song and the podcast keeps going.
0: Yeah, I've got more songs to go, don't you worry. No, War Pigs was the you said this, but you don't think it was the official theme song? Well, no, because
1: apparently the official theme song, because they mentioned it, was the um of the new Aussie album Features Re- the right. Nine. Yeah. It feels weird that he says Featuring that role like well, when he's always been like the guitarist for like the last twenty years, but
0: <laughs> Yeah, because of his own I wonder if Austin will do another uh, video on him these things right here they're called gimmicks he put some <laughs> he put some fucking yeah, toothpaste everyone, everyone keeps
1: everyone keeps using that for like when punk left and <laughs>
0: yeah and for wrestling fans in general yeah that is, it's, it's true though it's true oh yeah absolutely <laughs> this is a fucking hairbrush I ain't got no fucking hair <laughs> no it's good Warpigs, uh, are a great song anyway Sabbath brilliant band um, and it makes sense, doesn't it? It's just one of those songs that's just it should any, be war well, games.
1: Do you know what I thought could have, could have worked? But it's probably because we're fans of them. What? This is war.
0: Yeah, I did. I said that a few weeks ago, like with the new Alter Bridge album that's just come out. Opening track, "This Is War" would have made total sense. But
1: there's so many songs about war that you could use. But the one, the one I wish they could use, but they would never is "War Song" by Slayer. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Triple H just might think one day, oh, fuck it, I'll oh, use what I want. <laughs> I mean, you technically can, but it's got to be within reason, isn't yeah. it? Um, but yeah, no, it was awesome. We do then, however, go to probably what is the lower point of the night, and that's not to be disrespectful um, to those involved. It's just a case where sometimes certain people have a certain chemistry and some people don't, and it, no. it just is what it is. This is one of those things, Shotzi Blackheart versus Ronda Rousey, this, of course, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is just one of those where they just didn't really have chemistry.
1: No, and it it showed. I, 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 think, they, I think really they want it to be Raquel.
0: Yeah, and Raquel's but... probably... I will say this about it, though. I like the fact that it was Shotzi.
1: I like the fact they've given her a chance.
0: I'd rather we have done this match than not done it. Yeah. Because the problem that we've got at the moment, it's like when we did predictions for this, again, we were all correct on this one going for Ronda.
1: Because it was probably the easiest one of the night.
0: Too easy to go for. Ronda's not really in any kind of position at the moment where she's in jeopardy of losing that title. No. However, what I do like about it, and because obviously, you know, I I don't shut up about it, but this whole, I want to see her and Shayna, at least they're now connected on screen. Yes. You know, so we will get something going forwards. Shayna Baszler accompanies Ronda to the ring. Again, it's a weird thing because Shotzi's already like the underdog for this, and Ronda is the beast. Like she's a true, believable badass that could take on anybody and win.
1: Well, well, apart from Holly Holm and <laughs> many <Indianers.
0: laughs> within the WWE environment. But Shayna Baszler, also, you know not so much for main roster, but she was booked as a badass on NXT. Yeah. She, she does have that legitimate fighting background. Yeah, and
1: she was better doing that than she was in the actual MMA career.
0: Right. But the two of them together are an unstoppable duo. They would be an yeah. unstoppable force. So, you know, the odds are clearly stacked against Shotzi, but it was nice. It's good to see her get the shot. The problem is, it's just the in-ring chemistry wasn't there. And when you already, when when it's so predictable already, you at least want to enjoy the journey of, of being on that ride. And I think they genuinely tried to do the best they could with it. They did. They had that spot with um, Shotzi doing like the clothesline over the barricade and into the yeah, uh, not clothesline, the crossbody into Ronda, and you know they have a few plants in the front row, didn't they? And they all kind of fall down. It'll yeah, be
1: on AEW Dark, <laughs> in yeah, a weeks time. But you know
0: they did that spot. They tried. Obviously, everybody's talking about it, and it is a shame. But they tried the uh, DDT on the apron.
1: Yeah, I think that was. I don't want to blame anyone, but I want to say it's more Ronda's fault for not timing it perfectly. But
0: It looks like... It's a weird thing. It just know, looks it's... like Ronda... Like her leg didn't come up when it should have come mm-hmm. up. And so it's... You know... Again, I, I, we're not the ones in there doing the moves. We're not going to like, criticise the moves. But um, in terms of the presentation of it on TV, it obviously looked a bit...
1: But did you think they gave... Wonky. Do you think they gave shots a bit too much offence?
0: Yeah, but you've got to give her something, haven't you? Otherwise... Again you know
1: because this was comfortably the shortest match of the night
0: comfortably the shortest it should have been the shortest and it was
1: yeah. I kind of wish it was about two minutes shorter and that's not saying like, because the match was bad or anything I just thought like... do you
0: know what I'll be totally honest I don't think it outstayed its welcome like it was never ever going to be the best match on the card again it's not to put anybody down but you've got two war games matches you've got AJ and Finn Balor going at it one-on-one Yeah, that was... it was never going to be the, the big takeaway from the night there's always room for surprise, but again, they they already had a short match booked and, and presented I was here. kind
1: of expecting a um, Raquel run-in, even though they said that she's got a... Was it a broken elbow or cracked elbow? Was saying, something with the elbow. Was it a cracked elbow, I think? But It said she won't be back for about five, six weeks, whatever it is.
0: No, it'll be some time. And that's the trouble, you know, we, we're kind of at that stage where it's probably a good thing there isn't a pay-per-view in December at the moment, and we will just go to Rumble because you know, Ronda's pretty comfortably going to hold on to that title until at least Mania, depending on what the angle
1: is going to be going well, into Mania. It's either going to be um, Shayna. Which, which is what I'm hoping for. But the, the rumour last year was, or like before this year's Mania, was it was going to be Becky Lynch, wasn't it?
0: Going into Becky again, yeah. Which I'm also up for because we never did get that one-on-one encounter that we wanted at Mania. Right. So, you know, either way, I'm, I'm up for both. But in the meantime... They've just got to put her in matches like this, where they are short, mm. but you know she comes out of it looking like a badass. But yeah, the Shayna Baszler thing, we'll see what happens with it. But I'm I'm more than excited to go into that angle because I genuinely, are, it will be so, so good. But it's just who's going to be face, who's going to be heel, because they're both really comfortable heels.
1: I can't, I don't buy Shayna as a face though.
0: Well, <laughs> I can and I can't. Because the trouble is with Ronda, it's like... <sighs> she genuinely probably does have a lot of um I don't want to say hate for for WWE well, for for wrestling fans in general but I would certainly say there's a, there's a fair degree of discontent mm. and and a fair amount of that probably is warranted but it comes through... you know when she was when she first came back those reports about her supposedly meant to be a face and she was cutting very heelish promos and it wasn't that long before she became the heel again because yeah. she felt more I don't know if it's because she felt comfortable in that or it's because, you know, maybe a mixture of that and she wanted to get stuff off her chest to the the fans. I don't know. It's going to be a tricky one to, to pull off. But I reckon I reckon Shayna as a face, I reckon they could do it.
1: The only time they kind of thought it was Shayna as a face was the Nia Jax tag team, but I don't think that was going to go anywhere anyway. Mm,
0: I reckon they could do it, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. One big thing from this match, I know you've got a, a, a thing about who... Produced it, yeah, yeah. But the one thing I wanted to bring up again, this was to to circle back around to Sasha Banks. WWE had to turn off crowds in the mic allegedly because you could still hear it. But the yeah, big Sasha Banks chant, "We want Sasha chance."
1: Because I only I only watched it this morning because I've not been able to to watch it until this morning. I'd never heard it, but I was so gone by the match. Really, I wasn't. Painting to it,
0: yeah. I think. Well, I, they they worked their audio wizardry anyway, so they they kind of they jumped on it as quick as they could. But it it just shows again the crowd wasn't really invested in this match. But it is what it is. Who who did produce this one?
1: Brian Kendrick. Really? Yes, he's there. there. He's back in WWE. Ah. Oh, okay. The one that AW didn't use because of his high-cost comments. Mm, yeah. And apparently it's not gone down too well with some people, but um, yeah.
0: Well, as you could imagine, I mean, for those that probably aren't aware of the Brian Kendrick story, so he'd been released from WWE along with a lot of other names. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, for this incident, but uh, he was just part of one of those sort of max, mass exodus should we say. And then he was scheduled to be booked on Dynamite. I think he was going to be going up against Moxley, Moxley I think, wasn't yeah, it? Moxley. On Dynamite or Rampage. I think it was Dynamite.
1: Dynamite. It was definitely Dynamite. Well, yeah. Yeah, whatever.
0: One or the other. And then they, they very, very quickly dropped it because it came to light that some comments that Kendrick had made. It was a few years ago, but it wasn't that long ago.
1: No, but this is the thing with, like, so many people. It doesn't have to be now. It can still be like five years ago, or whatever.
0: Yeah, but the the idea, to, without going too much into it, was that he was effectively just denying that the Holocaust had taken place. Very, I don't even know what the right word to uh, idiot. I think it's probably the best thing to say. I was going to say, like, it's not very, you know, sensitive and stuff like that. But, like, no, just just an idiot. One idiot thing to say, especially if you truly believe it as well. Mm. Um, just just a stupid, stupid man. And he did come out afterwards and he, he was p- apologetic and he just said, you know, it's not how I think now. That doesn't really excuse just the fact now. that that's how you once thought of it. But... Again, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because if people genuinely do change, and I've said this before, but if people have changed and try to become better people, you know, who who is anyone else to sort of stand in the way of it? So I, I guess maybe that's what they think at WWE. But, you know, regardless of that, take that out of the way. If he can produce good matches, fine.
1: Well, he, but he, I think he will work with the women.
0: Still sounds like he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, he,
1: I, de- I think he will definitely work with women because... Um... I don't know if you remember this, but he um, he was working with even Marie back in the day to try and make her a better wrestler. didn't work, but still. Well,
0: time will tell. We'll see what happens with it. But this match overall, no trophy, but it didn't outstay its welcome, at least.
1: I'll give it a half star.
0: We then go to, I believe this is the uh, follow-up to the previous segment, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. I love this one. Yes. Sammy goes in there. Roman flat out says to him, "Sammy, you lied to Jay. Why?" Sammy's hesitant, and then he he says, "Look, I lied to Jay because big match tonight. I didn't want this rested on him. I didn't want him overthinking it. And he already doesn't trust me. That right there was. It's it, they're so good with this at the moment. They're so good with like." is Sammy genuinely just doing this the whole time to turn on the bloodline? Mm. Or is the bloodline, because we're all talking about the bloodline's going to turn on Sammy, but was Sammy going to turn on the bloodline from the very beginning? Because there's that, there's a few things that happen here. Sammy Zane has that hesitant moment before he answers Reigns and says, yes, I did lie to him. Which in itself kind of, A, was showing that he's got to think on the spot, think really quick, what's going to be the best way to answer this? So he, he and then by answering truthfully shows that he's like putting himself out there. Look, I'm going to be completely open and honest with you. But it's the it's the contradiction in. Jay already doesn't trust me, so I've I've had to do this to make sure that you know tonight goes well. If Jay already doesn't trust you, is the answer to that to lie to him further? Because that's essentially what's implied here is that Sammy Zane lied to Jay. You say. Because Jay already doesn't trust him. He doesn't want to make it worse. Yeah, That doesn't make sense. Now, normally, I would go, well, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. But the fact that it doesn't make sense here is what works so well and adds even more depth to this. Because, again, the whole thing is about who's going to turn on who. And we're still massively leaning towards Bloodline turning on, on Sammy. But you've got to remember, think back to some of those first... Segments where Sami Zayn was like butting into the bloodline and sitting in with Roman Mm -hmm. when he was still, you know, all in green and everything, and he's sitting there and he does that thing. Remember, this is the first time to my knowledge. I think he gets Jey Uso like corpse (laughs) in in the background on camera, and he's saying about like how you know because he's the master strategist, and he gets in people's heads, and when he's in their heads, he lays out a little blanket and he sits down, has a little dance, and he has a picnic. And he's doing that and Jay's in the background, like, you know, trying to hide his laugh and his smile. He's made it apparent that that is what he does. He will take time to get in people's heads and get comfortable. Yeah. Is actually that what Sammy's been doing this whole time to the bloodline? And the bloodline are just onto it because Jay's been onto it from the beginning and Roman, he looks in his eyes and Sammy here, doesn't he? He's got tears in his eyes when he's like, I'm one of five people that gets to come in here with you. That's not lost on me. Like, I appreciate that. And I was like, damn, he's got me in the feels here. (laughs) Like, there's just the tears in his eyes. Yeah. And then Roman tells him to get up, stands up, they hug. He doesn't say he believes him, though. No. They just hug. It's brilliant. And then the camera is focused on Roman's face from his side of the hug, where he's just staring. Yes. And a picture's worth a thousand words. And there were so many stories being told in this one segment alone, one camera angle barely any talking and so much was being told and I loved this so so much because it's still left like oh what is going to happen tonight
1: brilliant what, segment do you, know, do you know what reminded me of a little bit um, Invasion 2001 when it's just, just before the main event mm. and they cut. They have Austin talking to Vince because it's the old Stone Cold and Stone Cold's like I'm not here to sing I'm not here to hug I'm just here to kick some ass and then obviously he turns on Yeah, it was, and that's what I mean. You know, wrestling
0: fans, we can we'll draw back to things like that, things that we can. Sometimes it's easy for us to try and build an emotion on something if we've got something to liken it to, and we'll come to that with the main event. Mm. But you know, you can draw those comparisons, and it just makes it easier to like gauge what your reaction is to it. And that's what I mean. Like for this here, that's why for me, I am looking at things like that. I'm looking at Sammy's past promos, what he said everything else and there's just there's a lot more stories going on there and it's so so good but from there Ash we do go in to the triple threat
1: yes for the US title
0: United States Championship it's the top prize on Raw which is the case because they don't have their own world title on there anymore no this Uh, match Ash I won didn't I (laughs) big Bob yeah big Bob Um. recently turned heel big Bob well that was the thing who was the face in this match yeah, kind of. Yeah, he works a, a bit more as a face in this one. He,
1: he worked as a face. Seth Rollins is apparently a face, but he cuts heel promos. And Austin Theory is obviously the, the, the well,
0: Austin Theory is the heel, but he has Beyblade. But he's got he's got baby. Well, yeah, we will get there. We, he's got baby face sympathy because of how much of a did you feel sorry for him at this point? Up until this point, anyway. Yeah. Um, even during his entrance. So it's funny because they're all sort of like in the. Are different islands to themselves, uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 I liked this match a lot. I did, but I, I said I think it's going to be Austin Theory, and, and the reason I thought it's going to be Austin Theory is because again, Austin Theories had this whole thing since Vince McMahon has been out of the picture. You know, Austin was his sort of uh, chosen one. Chosen, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he was the chosen one. And then since he went, they've really made a point of burying Austin. Yeah. And I honestly, I've never thought for a second it's because Triple H doesn't like him. I just think they needed to go in a different direction with him, and having Money in the Bank was a bit of a hindrance to him because no, but and it's not just it wasn't Austin Theory's fault. Anybody that would have the Money in the Bank briefcase at the moment is in a tough spot because you're not going to take it off of Roman Reigns. No. So I completely agree. I'm completely on board with what they did with it, cashing in on the US title, because it further cements the fact that the the point they're trying to get across, which is that the US title is the number one prize on Raw at the moment, because it is, but it made sense for him to do it. And he even explained it in the promo afterwards. Yes. Now, yes, obviously it didn't go his way. So he still gets beat by Rollins. And so then, you know, people are like, oh, this is ridiculous. He's cashed in. Not only is he cashed in on a mid-card championship, but he also lost. That's the point. We're moving away from the Austin theory that we knew, the one that came out with his phone, live streaming. That's Logan Paul's shtick now. Yeah. Give give that to Logan Paul. That's what he's known for. That's his thing. We'll make Austin now give him an edge. And that's what he's got. That's what he had coming into this. And that's why I thought he was going to walk out with the championship. Because it's a big, look. If everyone just sits down for a minute, calms down, let's just trust the process, enjoy the journey, it will pay off. And it paid off here. Yes. He became the United States champion. He's now a two-time, I believe, US champion. In what I thought was a really enjoyable match. Ash, the entrance-wise, though, we'll come to it, because there was like one final little... um, (laughs) Like, fuck you, Austin, (laughs) which is the... Uh, the fact that his titantron is replaced with beyblade
1: yeah only because the match was sponsored by it yeah but compared to last last year was it with the um army of the dead it's a bit different
0: <laughs> i would rather have beyblade I can't, across I, all the screens and an army of zombies
1: that's the first time i've heard the word beyblade in a long time to be honest i'm not it's, it's kind of like with like um like, how Power Rangers is still going. I know, obviously, the Green Ranger died a lot, and that's why it keeps coming up. Yeah. But, but Beyblade, this like, I can't believe that's still going. It's the fact
0: that it did take precedence. Like, he comes out, and a lot of people thought it was a mistake. Yeah. You know, especially if you can't hear commentary, and commentary's great. Michael Cole's, like, trying to plug it. He's like, let him rip. <laughs> He's just like, what's going on? But Beyblade takes up the Titan, trying to take up the whole screen. It takes up those screens now that are along the barricade. Um, and it was only for Austin, Aries, uh, Austin, Aries. Austin Aries. only for Austin Theory's entrance. And oh, I know it, it looks a bit it did look weird, mm. honestly. It did look a bit weird. But again, if they're gonna they're making money from it, aren't they? You know, Why so not? you've got to put it in somewhere. It's it's still a business, you've got to do what you gotta do. But, I mean,
1: it had what was it Survivor Series? They had a Pizza Hut match? Or a Pizza Hut special yeah. Match? And they had people, <laughs> I think I wanna say Julia Hart was one of the people eating a Pizza Hut pizza, but I might be mixing that with another match. She was. Yeah, this. She, this she is definitely did. New. She definitely did a sponsored. She definitely was in a sponsored match, but like they've always had like wrestlers and people like have made in.
0: Exactly, sponsorship and wrestling is nothing new. It's just not been done quite in this way before. But and la- don't forget, last year was
1: the egg for the Rock movie.
0: Yeah, and that's where Theory's whole thing began. Yeah, but. Is, Realistically, I, I actually think in a weird way, it kind of added to the shock of him winning because it was almost, again, like if you was going to put that weird, like do a promotion on anybody's entrance, do it on Austin Theory when everybody already thinks he's a joke.
1: Mm.
0: Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, of all the people is, you could have done it weird. to, you did it to Austin Theory. It's
1: weird now they kind of presented him as a probably legit threat now.
0: He's not a... Yeah, but that's why I think it all the more made sense because I don't think Theory was a lot of people's favourite going into it. Seth Rollins was the safest bet, and I think that's obviously why you and Jay would have picked yeah. him, but not... Seth was the safest bet going into it because he's not really long won the title. And of course he did win it from Lashley. If if it wasn't going to be Seth, Lashley was probably um the next favourite to win because he's Lashley and he's you know but the thing is we've got to remember Lashley is probably gonna be moving into uh, back into his feud with Lesnar again that's probably going to reignite probably a rumble. rumble again this time i would probably has to say lesnar throws him out and will probably lead to mania i, I think naturally lesnar goes to mania if i'm honest do. um you know so i liked it anyway that the match itself there were some really cool spots on there double
1: uh hurtlock that was i thought i thought there was no way i didn't that was what, if you go for triple threat spots no way would that have happened, but it did, and it was
0: brilliant. And you can only do that with like I'm, not, I'm not going to call them smaller guys because they're not. Yeah, but compared to Lashley,
1: I want to say I to say he's not even done that when he if he's ever done like a two and one handicap match with Jobbers. No, I don't, I th-
0: th- don't think he has. He might. Have, he might have, very well may have done, but it's not like I really catch. But then, any then of that those. led
1: up to the the stamp jumping off theory onto Lashley
0: brilliant spot that yeah. was as well yeah you had um, also
1: i like the f- one thing i liked. it was a triple threat and it was it felt like a triple threat where the, there was no rules because usually the triple threat is just like a normal match
0: yeah that's right but they didn't overdo it with weapons no, and things because again sad, you're going to get all of that in the war games matches yeah but yeah some it, it was it was super smooth but you didn't have any <coughs> excuse me you didn't have any well, you had some, but you didn't have too much people sort of laying on the floor no. for too long and stuff. And that, that becomes a bit of an issue with multi-man matches a lot of the time. But this one, it was, it was especially like Rollins does that big, you know, that superplexed theory where he rolls out and then rolls into the Falcons arrow. Yeah. And that's obviously what sets up the finish here. And i see seen the, the finish get a little bit of criticism because... He hits that superplex and it's so smooth when he hits it, man. Yes. Um, and he, he gets Theory up for the, the Falcon's arrow and then, boom, in comes Lashley. Hits the spear. But I also Theory kind of lands on his head. But but Theory sort of lands down on him and that's how Theory gets the pin. So what I liked about the finish was that it was really good in terms of, like, you know, it's Lashley that effectively got the last move in. And Lashley was the big threat going into the match. Yeah. So he still maintains his momentum. Rollins doesn't lose anything from losing this match. He's Seth freaking Rollins. Like, he's yeah. Seth freaking Rollins, man. He's not he's not gonna lose anything from losing this match. He's like he's he is one of the main event players in all of WWE right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Theory needed it. And Theory winning it the way he did is still kind of like tying into that, yeah, it was a bit fluky, but and it gives, it, it gives Lashley another reason to be pissed off. Yeah, exactly. But Theory's also still a heel. We got to remember that. I know some of the criticisms come because of the spear itself. But I, what did you think about it?
1: I didn't really think about it that much. I just thought it didn't bother me. It didn't like, bother me. It
0: looks a little
1: soft. It's just a bit weird that it was a spear and then he's nowhere near trying to break up the finish. But uh,
0: I think it's meant to be because sort of like a desperation spear yeah. type thing.
1: But I. <laughs> If it if it was if it if it would if it was like the perfect way of they do the they pick him up and then maybe lands on him, but because it's too close to the ropes, you couldn't. I don't think you could really do it like that. No, and I think
0: that's why Lashley doesn't go in there full force because you know he, he can do that and then like you said, like there's there's risk for injury, so Lashley goes in and he doesn't make a lot of contact with it, but you know. <laughs> That over people getting hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, you can't. As well as you meant to do, yeah. I've got no problems with it. I liked the finish. I liked yeah. the whole match.
1: Just because he's part of the hurt business. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a work, brother. Yeah. Now we can say that now. He basically is Hulk Hogan with his red and yellow tights.
1: Yeah, you know how the joke was. He was he was Brock Lesnar because <laughs> yeah. they got they got some of the same career paths. Really, that is Hogan, just not the racist part.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least Bobby's never Bobby's also the guy that's always going to just look forever young whereas Hogan always looked old
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it isn't, isn't, hang on I'm just going to think I think I want to say this because I, I, lo- I just love how wrestler can be like 40 now because back in the day when you were 40 it was like the curse you couldn't last longer mm. I want to say Bobby Lashley is 47
0: I I genuinely think 46 yeah I was going to say and he doesn't look it no he looks he looks like we said about AJ and um AJ may be tiny bit though to yeah, be fair only
1: because we've we really know AJ Styles for like I first saw him in 2004 2005
0: yeah and that's seen how baby faced he was then yeah but Balor as well it's yeah it's mad I, I I really enjoyed this I thought the the result was exactly what it should have been too. I mean, I, I will say that because it helped me beat you in the predictions but, yeah um, but no genuinely I, I I really enjoyed it what would you give it I'll
1: give it a Four
0: point two five. The match I'll give a bronze.
1: I, I I just I just thought it was a really good triple threat, and it was very different to what triple threats have been in the past.
0: Yeah, it stands. It's it stands out. It's its own thing. But again, you know, it's just before main event as well. Yeah. So.
1: But because after it's just come after women's match, which wasn't that good. Maybe that's why I'm thinking it's better than it is.
0: No, genuinely, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a good triple threat. So there you have it. We now have the final segment before we go into the men's war games match. Uh, Jey Uso goes into Roman Reigns' room and just said, you speak to him? Yeah, I spoke to him. So, was he lying? And Roman says, I looked in his eyes and I saw what I needed to see. I love it. They still keep the tension there. They still keep the suspense.
1: It didn't have to be yes Oh no, it just had to be. Yeah, that's sure enough. So
0: I saw what I needed to see. Brilliant. So roll on. War games. Now, again, like we did for the women here, some history going into the match. Here's how we got here. The bloodline, of course, all begins. Um, well, it is, it's effectively how you know it, really, but the bloodline uh, comes into the form as we know it now, where Sammy obviously joins and it is at this point in time, it is just Jimmy and Jay and Roman and Sammy enters the fold. Sammy of course has a long history with Kevin Owens and mm-hmm. Kevin Owens has a, a bit of a beef still with Roman Reigns because they still allude to their match at Royal Rumble in 2021 where Kevin Owens says he would have won if it wasn't for the interference from bloodline members, Jimmy and Jay drew McIntyre is also on the babyface team against the bloodline and he also has a bone with Roman Reigns, because at Clash at the Castle, he was that close to beating Roman Reigns. And do you know what? By God dang it, he would have done yeah. it if it wasn't for Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Who became the newest member of the Bloodline and, of course, is also in this match. The bigger factors here, which is what's strange, because the, the match is really being built as Blood Team Bloodline versus Team Brawling Brutes. So the, the person probably the most... Um, animosity and, and and current story with the Bloodline is Drew, yeah, because he took that sort of breakaway to go against Carrion, because Carrion was targeting him, but you know, he hasn't forgotten about what happened at Clash at the Castle. He hasn't forgotten about the fact that he was that close to winning the title, and it was Solo Sokoa that stopped it. Kevin Owens is the next one, because he's got the history with Sami Zayn, and obviously that plays a big part in this match, but the Brawling Brutes don't really have much in the way of any kind of build yet with well, Roman or the rest of the bloodline, if you
1: well, you've had they've had the tag they had the tag match at Crown Jewel.
0: They've had the tag
1: match at Crown Jewel.
0: So with the Usos, but and, in terms and, of Sheamus and Roman,
1: well, because they took out Sheamus,
0: they took out Sheamus, but it's not on the same level as say Drew and Owens. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this in a, in a bad way. I'm not, I'm not saying like this is a bad thing. Actually, if anything, I think that's what helps here because. The bloodline being this sort of heel unit mm-hmm. are still a unit because it's a family. Now they've got their own story going on there because of Sammy and everything, which is what the big story is in the whole thing here. And story is probably the word, the way to describe this match. It's all about story. Yes. Whereas on the face team, yeah, they're the baby faces, but they're not a unit. They're not a cohesive unit, with the exception of Brawling Brutes. And to a degree, Drew and Seamus, but then even those have history, you know, where they've been their best of friends, but they're also mortal enemies, or they can be. So, you know, Owens has a history of stabbing people in the back. So that was kind of in the the back of people's minds here. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of different factors at play. And I loved, loved, loved this match. Like you said, it wasn't as long as the women's. It didn't need to be.
1: It wasn't a minute less, but it's still enough time.
0: Still so good. And it just, it felt like it could have gone longer and I wouldn't have minded if it did. But that's what I mean. Like the match sort of flew by because everything that seemed to be happening was happening for a reason. It wasn't just sort of mindless action.
1: And it didn't need weapons as many weapons as the women's match.
0: No, we didn't really get much in the way of weapons, and like, like you said, it just didn't need it.
1: So what was it? I like a couple of chair shots and tenno sticks? So, uh, that was it.
0: And there was no high spot from the top of the cage, which I was adamant there was going to be. I thought Owens is
1: going to throw himself off that bad boy quicker than you could. No, but because fart. we've had what, like we said, two, three of, in the women's match. You didn't really need any more. No, like, exactly. I, I completely agree with it,
0: and and like I said, you know, this match didn't need it anyway. But the story, the story told in this war games is probably the best story in any war game so far. I, I not my favourite war games match, but again, that's by the by. Rate it on its own merit. Yeah. Like we said at the beginning of this show, like one of the last really good Survivor Series match, in my opinion, was that one with um, you know Ziggler going over the Authority with Sting debuting and things, because of the story being told isn't that a weird thing? Yeah. In pro wrestling, that the story is what people love, isn't that strange? Um.
1: Yeah. Man. Soon WWE two K <laughs> Storytelling.
0: Yeah, pretty much story mode. This match then, so we, we have the first two in there, which is Jay Uso representing the bloodline and Butch.
1: Butch. Who I still keep calling Pete Dunne. Is because he's more Pete Dunne now than he was since obviously they call him Butch.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, one thing I forgot they met was main event J. I keep forgetting that. Main event J. I keep forgetting that.
0: But they start things off and uh, Butch gets the upper hand throughout most of this exchange. Yeah. Now, we know already that the face team, Team Seamus, Team Brawling Brutes, they have the advantage going to this. So the next person going to come out is going to be a member of that team. Which is also always weird it's the face. Always weird, because this was a weird visual, right? So the next person to come out was then, of course, Ridge Holland. And we get this two-on-one beatdown for, what is it, like three minutes or something? Yes,
1: yeah, it? it's five minutes to begin, off and then it's three minutes every new person.
0: So three minutes of two faces beaten down a heel is a strange visual, but it made all the sense in the world when you saw what was about to happen next.
1: Yes, it's one of my favourite moments, because um, Jimmy was going to come out, but then Roman stops and goes, he doesn't say anything, he just points, at, just points at Sammy, doesn't he?
0: So Jimmy's getting ready to go out, and he pulls Jimmy's top and then because it's worth mentioning here as well you talk about visuals inside each individual cage obviously where the, the members have to sort of stay until they come out when it's their time in the bloodlines one Roman has his own special chair yeah which I loved that he sat in and it's so good man like that's what I um, mean like you can just you could look at that image and
1: go that one there he's the leader by the way one thing I wanted to talk about it's only a small thing but this is what I like is Paul Hemant has the undisputed title right he's got both he's holding them both what happened to the tag titles they just didn't come out with them
0: did they one
1: thing i I, I, I personally don't like because it feels like why are you champion if you're not going to have it out oh i agree with that yeah i I, I think if he was going to do it then having it. i know know sometimes rumble they don't do it but sometimes they do which i like
0: but um no i agree with that but no yeah it is it's jimmy and he was the, the the obvious pick right you're gonna go in. He's your tag partner. Your tag champs together, and he's your brother. Yeah. So you're gonna run in and help. He is your. And he goes son. to. <laughs> and Roman pulls on him, and he's he's just saying, Mm-mm. just shaking his head and pointing to stay in the cage, not even talking. Yeah. He just points. You stay here. Then he points at Sammy, and then points at the ring. Yes. And this was genius because it's like, yeah, now Sammy. Re- All right, if you're gonna be loyal to the Bloodline, go in there and go and save the man that hates you the most. And it was great. Yes. And that's why it made sense then from that point having that that face advantage because it's worth it for that story being told there. Order of people coming out from then, um, probably irrelevant because you've got to go and watch this match anyway, but we do eventually come down to everybody's in there. Roman, of course, is the last one to come out. Yes. He was always going to be. It would have
1: been weird, honestly, if he was like... Third person.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can't, you know, he had to be the last one in. And when he is in and it's like, yeah, let the war games begin. Now, of course, we've had loads of stuff going on um, up until this point when it's just like the big brawl and people just, you know, laying into each other. But the story really does begin here. Now everybody's in there. They do the traditional war, war games visual. Bloodlines in one ring. Fa- baby faces are in the other. They do the stare down. I thought they were going to do what they always do and they meet in the middle.
1: yeah. Because because um, yeah, there was a camera in the the middle, weren't there? But there was yeah. no cameraman.
0: There is a cameraman in there,
1: there but it wasn't. There weren't no one in the middle. I'm sure there wasn't anyone.
0: I think they do have him, but he's he's pretty well hidden. Mm. But they don't meet in the middle. The baby faces come into the heel ring where everybody is, and they have the a bit of a brawl there for a little bit, but not long, because one of my favourite spots in the whole match then happens where then they lead them into that middle bit. And they do the 50 beat to the Bowery. Yes. That was a brilliant visual. Just all the baby faces doing Seamus's beat to the Bowery, just clubbing onto the heels, chests. And it's the sounds it was making. It was just that constant, just like, just on me. just constant slapping of chests. It was so good. Yeah. But other story points in this match and key moments, Ash, what happened with Jay on that super kick? Because. We've seen points before when people were still coming into the match. Sammy saved Jay a few times.
1: Yeah, he did. Like The first thing Sammy does is um, pull Jay away from... I think it was... Um, Holland or... It was or definitely hard. I think it was Rich trying yeah. to do a splash.
0: And he says to him, I got you. I got you. But Jay still very much like shoving him off, doesn't want his help. Yeah. Right? But we do get to a point... Jay Uso goes to super kick. I want to say it was Ridge again. It was. I think it was one of the Brawling Brutes. They move, and he hits Sunny.
1: Yes, he did. Now
0: this was a good bit.
1: I think it would work more if it was Kevin Owens, but yeah, it was a good bit because because Jay's like he kind of does a face with like I, I kind of meant that.
0: Like yeah, and and that's because they lingered on it. And that's what I mean. They didn't, they weren't afraid in this match to take their time. Yeah. Like with all the time, because as long as a war games match is, like the women's one, it can be easy to kind of go in there and just have mayhem, like, you know, balls to the wall, weapons galore. And it worked for the women's one for what they were doing. That's fine. But this worked so much better for the story being told here. Definitely. You know, having those those moments where they slow down that pace to just show that kind of Oh man. And make you think. Give you time. Give time for the fan to think. And that's what I was doing. I was like, damn, Jay's done that. Is he did he mean to do it? What's everyone else gonna think of it?
1: Jimmy looks upset.
0: Jimmy does, yeah, and they've done a good job with Jimmy with the whole like he's kind of if anything, he's been more on Sammy's side. And again, it still puts questions in your mind where it's like, look, maybe the turn isn't on Sammy at all, maybe they turn on Jay. Maybe Jay turns on the bloodline. Because mm-hmm. they've been sort of hinting at that. You've got the thing with Solo. Solo's been brought into the bloodline as the enforcer, but he was sent by the elders. Yeah. You know? So, like, maybe Solo's actually... There's so much you can do with this. And that's why when people say the bloodline's boring, this, no. that, and the other... No. It's not. There's so much you can do here. And granted, Sammy has breathed new life into it, life that wouldn't exist without him. But... This is genuinely one of the best things going in pro wrestling right now. Um, oh, definitely. So, 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 so good. Very U.C.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: It's very U.C. But we, we do come towards sort of the end um, of the match, probably in closing for this one. We finally get an interaction between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which they deliberately held off on for the yes. whole match. Kevin Owens as well, worth mentioning. Um if we're going to talk about the attires, comes out with his homage to Dusty, doesn't he?
1: Yes. Um, wearing a Dusty road shirt, buying a elbow, I think it said on it. Because mm. obviously, War Games was invented by Dusty and it meant it a lot.
0: And there is history between Kevin and, and Dusty, obviously from Dusty's time in NXT. Yes.
1: But yeah, He, has, he be, actually has the elbow pad as well. Yeah, it would have been um, the time Kevin Owens came in.
0: Yeah. So that was really cool. I liked that. Um, no polka dots, though. No polka dots. Well, Seth has already pulled it off this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, we finally get... And this is where... When you talk about storytelling in wrestling, this is when... This is it. Like, this really is it. This is it. This is it. Owens avoids the... I think it's a Superman punch, isn't it? Or the spear from Reigns.
1: He was about to get speared, but then he gives him a stunner.
0: Well, you know, he 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 counters it and he hits Reigns with the pop up power bomb. Then Reigns gets up after the pop up power bomb while he's still groggy. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he gets hit with the stunner. And I'll be honest, I didn't think this was going to be it. Oh, based on not. the move, but the ref that they're selling it that like because everybody's down now, everybody's down. Good visual. Really good visual. And they did some nice visuals actually through the night with that big aerial shot. Yeah, I like that. That bird's eye view one. Uh, really displays like the carnage that takes place in both those rings. So, Owens hits a stunner. In comes the referee, one, two. The arm's going to come down for three. Yes. But in comes Sammy. And he grabs the referee's arm and he holds it. And now this is the first interaction. And it's not even a physical interaction. No. The first interaction Sammy and Kevin have in this match, and we're at the end of the match now, basically. They've managed to hold off on it for the whole thing, and they're looking at each other.
1: Do you know what I actually liked about this segment, this bit? Mm. There's no kick out.
0: No. Which I think is supposed to show even more how vulnerable Reigns was at that moment. Kevin really could have had him beat. Yes. And it is good to show Reigns being vulnerable because he is still the heel that we've got to remember, and and heels realistically should be winning more often than not with questionable tactics.
1: Because the only reason I bring that up is that I don't think they did the same thing with Solo's debut. I think it was a kick out at the time when the... uh, I I
0: don't think it was. I think it was very much built that Drew had him beat.
1: I want want to say that's how I remember it, but obviously it's been so long since I watched it. I, th-
0: I think it is. And I like that about it because it shows that Roman can be beat but with the bloodline there, you know, that's 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 the thing, isn't it? And yeah. it, it works so well. But what I love about this more than anything, again, because he's not kicking out, he's made no attempt to kick out, it looks like he is just out. When Sammy has the referee's arm, all of the power in the world rests in Sammy's hands. Awesome. Because if Sammy was going to turn right there and then, could Have been the moment he put the referee's arm down himself,
1: yeah. Because it's fun, I always find it funny when that happens with a referee, they never try to put it down, it, it... <laughs> yeah. Well, they can't, for fuck's sake, come on, let me do this. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, it's a good way of breaking up a pin without interacting with a wrestler.
0: And the reason that they've done this is because Sammy obviously doesn't go that way, he doesn't throw the hand down, but Owens then abandons the cover, yeah, so he stands up. And Sammy then lets go of the ref, and that's, you know, there's no more pin to count. Actually, but there is a moment of like, Willie won't he, yeah. even when he's holding the arm?
1: Because that's the thing. If Sammy lets go while it's still a pin, would that be a three count, or would it have to be counted to one, two?
0: No, it'd be a three, because the ref's already two counts in. But well, it's
1: the same, uh, you say that, but I'm going back by, it's a stupid thing with the um, strap matches, whenever they do one, two, three, and then the fourth one, they, sometimes no. they don't touch, sometimes it, they get touched.
0: Different. Different logistics. And that's, and that's, different. that's four corners anyway. Yeah. That's bullshit. No one likes that. But <laughs> nah. this thing here, this is because he, he's shown he's not, he's just stopped the pin, yeah. but they don't touch each other until we finally, finally get the answer to where what Sammy Zayn's going to do in this match. You kind of get this thing between them. Jimmy flies in, goes for a super kick on Owens, and Owens yeah. catches it. And then before anything else has any time to register, Sammy's down on his knees and wham, low blow on Kevin Owens. Yes. The crowd loses it. Owens goes down and again, we take our time. Sammy Zane looks like he literally regrettable in what he's just done. Like he really didn't want to have to do this. And he he the face the facials man, and he pulls this off so so well. But then he turns to Roman. and I don't know what they said because commentaries there I think, and you I don't can't think hear they it.
1: Said anything. Sammy again, I think definitely it says
0: something to Roman. I don't know if it's like a, do you believe me now? Is it something like that? But he he definitely says something, and then Roman nods to him. Hmm. And as soon as Roman nods to Sammy, Sammy just throws himself into the corner, and then, like lightning, storms at Owens and. Bam, halluva kick. Yes. And this is where, like I, what I said earlier, about like we draw on comparisons of things that have happened previously. It's that visual then of Owens slumped onto Zayn's chest.
1: Reminiscent of Battleground 2016.
0: 2016, when, is- of course, Sammy was the face there, Owens the heel. And that was Sammy's big comeback because Owens... We've got to remember... When's, when when, we, when when Sammy says you can't talk about Kevin Owens' career without talking about Sami Zayn the same vice versa because they came up together through Ring of Honor and you know everything else and they, they weren't really that far apart in terms of their time in NXT yeah. but when by the time Kevin Owens had debuted in NXT it was the same time where Sammy's in that main event title picture against Neville of course uh, his pack um, the bastard the bastard but Sami Zayn gets his big moment I think it's a rival, isn't it? NXT rival, but he, he wins the.
1: Uh, no, rival was the first one, so this has been fumed for months later. I can't remember which one it is, but I know it's the end. No, nah, it wasn't the end. That was.
0: because this is like uh, This is when like NXT is now moved into that kind I of like there's something bigs happening here. But Zayn wins a title, Owens comes out at the end of the show to like celebrate with him and stuff, and Owens has just joined the company, and then he hits that powerbomb on the apron and turns on Sami Zayn. Yeah. So this is like, you know, the whole story of their their time, at least in WWE to this point, it's been about Kevin turning on Sami. So there was a different sort of parallel with this image this time, because it's Sami that's kind of... Although he's quite clearly a big baby face, because the crowd love him, yes. he's still... The heel, in terms of who he's aligned with, it looks as though maybe he might throw him in again. Because, again, you call back on that comparison, I thought maybe he's going to do like what he did at Battleground, where he puts him in again and hits another halluva kick. But he doesn't, because this is where the big bit of the story happens here.
1: Just to go back, it was um, Revolution. but ah, Revolution. That was the one. So, yeah, after the halluva kick and that bit, Jay goes up onto the top rope, does a a splash onto Kevin Owens, one, two, three, Bloodline win.
0: He offers Kevin Owens up to Jay Uso.
1: Yeah. To say, trust me. This is it. You can can trust me. Bloodline
0: win it, and then the end, everybody pops, Roman gives Sami Zayn a hug, Mm -hmm. and then Jay Uso runs at Sami Zayn. And hugs him back.
1: And hugs him. It's like, yes, come on.
0: Everybody popped, everybody popped, but they still weren't done with the story because everybody, you know, the bloodline are in the ring. Everyone's throwing up the ones, we the ones, you know. Apart from Solo. The celebration, apart from
1: Solo. I think it was the only one who didn't congratulate Sammy. I might be wrong with that.
0: This is where more story gets told because even in that shot right there Jay and Roman are looking at Sammy mm. and Jay's face changes again to where he looks like he's angry right and Roman's looking like suspicious too
1: Can't, what do you think it's oh, I should have I should have been the one to win that
0: that the and this is where it's at the moment it's open to interpretation and that's what' beautiful about it because mm. that last shot who's in the middle sammy zane yes sammy yes, zane yes. is front and center so is roman looking at sammy thinking are you trying to take my spot is jay looking at sammy like now i still don't trust you i still don't trust you and there's still something else going to go down or were they not even looking at sammy were they looking at solo because solo wasn't throwing up the one Solo didn't congratulate Sammy. Is there something? There's so much going on. There is so much going on,
1: because they can't. They, they, they it can't be Jimmy or Jay because as they're tag champions and they're doing so well, they can't do that. They can't. It would be stupid to do it to Roman. It has to be It has to be either Solo or Sammy.
0: It the story is far from over, and I'm so so glad. And I'm th- this is exactly. This was just—it was perfect storytelling on every single level.
1: You know how um, we keep—we uh, always wanted a Shield triple threat main event. Mm. I could buy a Bloodline five-way main event at Mania. Ah,
0: would you do a five-way though for the title at yes. Mania?
1: We did fatal four-way.
0: I don't know if you do a at Mania. Don't want to repeat a WrestleMania two thousand.
1: Oh no, this would be much better. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Like Paul but- Heyman in every corner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, man. This also uh, is a little funny fun fact and stat for you was the, um, uh, of course, obviously, Rollins lost the US title on this show. And earlier on in the week, uh, Moxley lost the AEW World title to MJF at mm-hmm. full gear. Um, so that marked the, can't remember what year it was, anniversary now, but Tenth. I read this on. Was it 10th anniversary?
1: Ten, 10 years. 10
0: year anniversary of the Shield and two of the members lost their titles in the same, same week of the anniversary. I know. Uh, but yeah, no. Overall, though, this one closing out the show—it was always going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I give this a platinum.
1: Okay, I give it four point five.
0: It's a platinum because the storytelling up to this point, again, as we know things are right now, where the story's been, where it's where it got to here, and it leaves all this stuff that's open to go forwards. It was. It's just done so well. Yes, it's just done so well. They didn't need crazy spots. They just told good stories in the ring. Um, platinum, yeah. What would you say for the overall show?
1: Um, I give it a four point two five. Four point two five. The only things that ruined it were, unfortunately, both. Well, I want to say both women's matches, but the the, the women's title match um, just wasn't great. And like I said earlier, it's like, it's a bit, it was a bit sloppy in bits with the women's war games, but it did its job.
0: I think overall, this is a gold show. Okay. Um, and I say a gold one because same way as like like yeah, you know, so we gave Survivor Series two thousand three. You things can have been like you know have that same sort of like you can give them the same rating, but one's still more than yeah. the other. And that would probably be the case here, you know. Like I still five zero3 is still my favorite of all time, but like this first one with war games it's an undoubtedly a success, a unanimous success across the board I think everybody's going to be really pleased with it. Yeah. The numbers will certainly show that as well you know if this really was a uh you know the biggest buy rate ever and, and whatever else then you know
1: well we say buy rate it would be the network. With the network and things,
0: yeah. But you know, like financially, if this has been a financial success, people have enjoyed it. It's receiving praise across the board. You know, then yeah. Um, I think this was. I think this is a success story for WWE, one of many so far in the Triple H era. And again, like it makes me want to know what's going to happen next. Yes. And that's what what it's meant. But to I be. But I am worried
1: that they're going to turn on Sami on Raw or even or SmackDown
0: because yeah, because they've left it, so it's still going to happen you know that they, it still could happen but it might not happen as long
1: as they do it better than they did with Orton leaving evolution i
0: it's going to i whatever happens and no matter when it happens it will be heartbreaking if it does but this is never this is the storyline is never ever going to be sammy staines the bloodline forever
1: oh no it's because the
0: bloodline's not going to be around forever so of course it's it's going to break your heart at some point
1: yeah
0: i think the idea is just where how they do it that's going to be the big thing i
1: tell you what the, i tell you what the last the last broke my heart segment ever in WWE was when Kevin Owens beat up Chris Jericho on the f- Festival of Friendship. <laughs> that that broke my heart a little bit. But it was so
0: good. I think the biggest heartbreak I've ever had from a wrestling angle is take a streak.
1: That that too I I've but never I don't
0: think I've I that for me was the I'd I'd say that was probably I'd say that was probably the biggest heartbreak, but yeah, for sure. Mm. What did everybody, you guys listening, what did you think of Survivor Series? Uh, wherever you listen to this, if there is a comment section, comment. Let us know what you thought. If you agree with it, if you enjoyed the show. I hope you did. I, we, said with, yeah, we, we, did. we thought it was really good. Um, let us know what you think of the Triple H era so far. I think, obviously, there won't be another WWE review now unless we do Deadline, which is the, the only WWE one left for the year, which is NXT. Yeah. Um, might do it just for yeah. you know the interest of I've, I've not really been keeping up to NXT with, if I'm honest I'm but
1: not but it's, we got Braun against Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews with the NXT title yeah um, I'm not sure what Mandy Rose is going to be doing because they've just brought in Isla um, Dawn is it Isla it Dawn?
0: i uh, they no idea because they, <laughs> they did um, no idea couldn't tell you
1: well, it's whatever, but she's going to be shooting with um, Alba Fire.
0: Okay. Oh, and that's, uh, was that formerly pa- Kaylee Ray? Kaylee Ray, yeah. yeah. Um
1: in terms of attraction, probably going to do a challenge for the, the women's tag titles. But yeah, um, it's still time for that. They're going to do that Iron Man challenge or whatever it's called now. They're going to be doing that on this week's TV. Nice. Should, nice. We, should we mention what the next poll is going to be for the next... Retro show? or Do you want to do that end of the time? Well, we can we
0: can put it up there now. I mean, uh, are these are these ones you put on this? It'll go up on Twitter, I think. So each month we're going to try and do a a, a retro review. Yeah. Are these for a, an event for that month? So the four that we that I posted. Yeah. So those are the matches. They'll be the, oh, the, the, the choices. Shows. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, now choice number one that you can choose for if you want. Vengeance O one. So that's the pay per view after the invasion. Yeah. Uh. Don't want to talk about matches yet because don't want to spoil. Just
0: the It's Just let you, let you know when they go up on Twitter. They'll probably go up in a week or so. Uh,
1: choice two is Armageddon two thousand, mm-hmm. which I think I've only seen once, once or twice. Once or twice. I'm not. It's not one of those ones where I go. Oh yeah, I watch it. Like with most, like the Survivor three because it's one of my favourites. Exactly. I'm not saying it's not one of my favourites, but number three is it's is like- one of my favourites. <laughs> December to December two (laughs) thousand and six. So full of shit. Well (laughs) And then our fourth pick, which I'm gonna say personally I is my favourite of the four. TLC twenty twelve. Yes. Personally my favourite, but I don't mind whichever one we do.
0: Well the choice will be yours. Yes, it will be mine and it's
1: TLC, TLC.
0: <laughs> Our listeners over on Twitter, keep your eyes peeled on Twitter when that goes out. Yeah. And do get your votes in. Whichever one is the the winner will be what we do. Yes. We are at your beck and call. If you have been uh following us for a while and you've you've come back to this episode, we hope you've enjoyed this one. If you're new, we hope to see you again. And do keep your eyes peeled. I think around about the time this goes up, there will also be a wrestle crate. Unboxing on video on, on video on, on YouTube video. Well, as well on video um, it needs to be video really wouldn't it to appreciate the u- laser, unboxing laser, laser disc laser disc yeah <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled on YouTube as well thank you very much for joining us if you listen on Apple or Spotify give us a five star frog splash review try not to give us any zero stars that doesn't really help us at all uh, <laughs> but we hope you've enjoyed the show that we'll see you again for the next one
1: yeah definitely. Wherever that may be. Whenever that may be. So it's me, Ash.
0: And I've been Russ. We'll catch you some of the time. Yeah. See you later. Yep. Let it rip me.